Hi, I'm Alison Sandy. Hi, I'm Brian Seymour. Hi, I'm Sally Layden. Welcome to episode eight of Conversations. Thank you very much for joining us. And today we have iconic Aussie podcaster with us, Michelle Laurie. Hello, Michelle. Oh, hello. That is an overreaction. Thank you. (laughs) That's a very kind intro. Well, you're the Australian true crime podcast host and obviously an aficionado. You've done so many of these now. How many have you done? Episodes, I think we've done 102 or something because we we just hit our 100th milestone. So, yeah, we have done a lot. Oh, my gosh. That is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Has it been a standout for you? Oh, many, many, many. Every time I think I have a favourite, we do another one that's a standout. We uh, we did an episode with Uncle Jack Charles recently that was beautiful and wonderful, and so that's that's our recent standout. But um, many, but we're loving your podcast so much. We're all really immersed in the Lady Vanishes at the moment, and and we're all so feeling for you, Sal. We're, we're pulling for you. We want something wonderful to come of this for you, Sal. At least. Or at least closure, you know? Yeah, and I have felt that love very much, so thank you. It's been oh, really good. awesome. Yeah. And it's it's a nice part to what is not a very good journey, you know what I mean? So it's nice to have yep. that support and know that people are actually backing you and, you know, thinking that you're doing the right thing because it is a tough thing to be doing. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your take, Michelle, so far? I mean, uh, after listening to... Um, episode up to episode 11 now and, and now doing conversations what's your take on it so far oh i don't really want to say in front of sally you can say I, it I, you can like i'm i'm open to i'm open to all all options you know like i and i have said it myself michelle i have said that you know no one knows for sure like someone asked me the other day like what do you know i said look i can't tell you for sure because i don't know so everybody's got their own opinions my opinion is not favorable to my mum it's not it's not a positive feeling that my gut tells me unfortunately as much as I want it to be um and I think that's my driving force behind it and I've I've said many times before like you know I can't sleep at night thinking that she could be buried in a ditch somewhere and no one is looking for her like how devastating is that like I just can't even yeah and I suppose hearing you say that there are no there are no nice answers from your perspective are there I mean it's not nice to think that your mum took herself away because she wanted to and and isn't contacting you because she doesn't want to contact you or it's not nice to think that she's not alive um and we did some live gigs on the weekend in Melbourne and and I spoke to literally hundreds of people about your case like you know um people from our audience after the show a lot Mm -hmm. of them wanted to talk about your case a lot of them said to me, hey, what, what do you think's going on there? Mm. I don't think your mum was taking the money out of the bank in Byron. Yeah, you know? look, I- and Michelle, you've just hit on it. Uh, it um, I mean, the reason those hundreds of people and the millions around the world are fascinated with this case, I've been a journalist for 30 years. I've never come across anything like this. Yeah. Every police officer, every investigator we speak to, this is unique. The yeah. behaviour and the things we've uncovered, I mean, it, it would be extraordinary if Marion did walk away of her own volition based on what we've learned. It it, it just defies understanding. I think she was a lady who had a lot of money. She was a lady of means. She was a lonely lady. And I think a man has taken advantage of her and taken her money. Mm. That's what I think. And um, maybe she's met with foul play so that someone could take her money. Mm. Well, nothing nothing really adds up 
in in my opinion. Like I, I mean, I, no. I question every day why the money coming out in five thousand dollar increments from Byron Bay when she was supposed to be in the UK wasn't flagged. One by the bank, secondly by police. Like I don't understand why that was not an alert because we we have hundreds of people coming in now saying I work in the bank that would be flagged that would not yep. be something that would be normal behavior so well, why wasn't myself, it flagged and just because they're in I, Byron Bay doesn't give them a good excuse to be lazy or you know a, a town of that kind of nature that's not a good enough excuse for me well I know myself I've received phone calls from the bank um you know saying, hey, there's some weird transactions going on. I'm sure you all have. You know, yeah. these days they're right on top of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I've had I've had a situation where my husband and I were both shopping in the same shopping centre at Christmas and spending quite a lot of money, and he was in one shop, I was in the other, and our credit cards were closed down, and we had to ring the, the <laughs> Hawk or whatever yeah. or the Eagle from Westpac because they'd <laughs> shut our credit cards down for, you know, inactivity or activity in our account that didn't seem right, and we had to ring them and say, no, no, it's just us Christmas shopping. You can please yeah. put it back on, but... You know, so that's the difference between um, then and now, I guess. But, yeah, it doesn't sit well. We have got one of our sleuths, though, Jodie. Isn't she helping us with the bank stuff, isn't she? Joni. Oh, is that Joni's doing it? Okay, sorry. I wasn't quite sure who was speaking to. Oh, Jodie, 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 Jodie. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. There's so many people. Jodie's actually a girlfriend of mine, and um, I go to the gym with her every Friday, and she said to me the other day, she goes, oh, God, I just really thought about it and thought maybe maybe my dad could help. Um, He's a resident from down in that area for quite some time, so she is trying to help find some details about um, who was who in the zoo down there and see if we can get onto somebody. Um, Obviously, the other other issue that we all seem to be facing with this story is that everyone's old yeah. now you know we're talking some people are in their late 70s 80s and they don't remember their their memory's not as good as it used to be and or they don't want the stress and i, I completely get that i completely understand that well, she's had some success, though. She contacted Bill, and she's the former manager yes so she has um and he he could it was kind of weird actually because he couldn't definitively say what his role was at the bank he wasn't sure if he was oh yeah it was kind of odd i'll have to go back i'll have to come back on that because she did ask me she said look can you just leave it for a minute before i before you say anything because i just want to she wants to get all the ducks lined up in a row i guess before we go announcing what we found because there are lots of different names flying around um the bar yeah, and, and because bank. even though even though this was before the internet or, or you know pre-google um this would have stood out because, uh, just so our listeners understand, you're talking about someone, possibly your mum, but someone, withdrawing money from the Commonwealth Bank at Byron Bay in 1997 every day for three and a half weeks in increments of $5,000. And now, what, what I can th- That say, is extraordinary behaviour. Yeah, and what I can say is that he did say to Jody that um, back in the day he confirmed that you could not take that money out of the ATM, that you would have to do it over the counter, but you yeah. could simply use your key card and a signature. Now, I can tell you, you know, mum's signature was not a hard one to probably, mm. you know, copy it. She had this weird little M thing that she did at the beginning, which is quite easy to really... Um, so if anyone yeah. was a professional, they could definitely fake her signature if it was simply a case of walking in with no photo ID, just going, here's my key card, I'll just take out 5000 today, thanks. And they just hand it over yeah. to them. So he did and, confirm and, and, that was the case. 
And before everyone floods in with, why don't you check the CCTV, they did have security cameras, but they only turned them on if there was a bank robbery. Yeah, correct. But also, I mean, Byron Bay in those days, and still to this day, is a small town. You've got to think that those tellers must have seen the same person come in day after day and must have commented on it. They would mention it. They would say to that person, Mm. wow, back again? Wow, you know, what are you doing here? You're renovating. What's going on? (laughs) They would chat. They would notice it. They would mention it. For um, sure, for sure. And no? even the guy, when I walked in there and handed him my photo and said, you know, asked if they had CCT footage on um, the bank, and he said, why do you ask? And I said, well, this is my, my mum. She's supposed to be overseas, and there's money coming out of her account here in Byron Bay. And you think about the timeline too. She was withdrawing that. Well, the money was coming out of her account in August. I was there in October. Yeah. So that's only two months. That's That's when you are at prime memory capacity of remembering who's coming in and who's doing what and i mean they claim it was a big busy branch um and they've i've I've heard that from numerous people who work there actually saying it was a super busy branch so but i still think the guy who took the photo and shook it and said hmm that rings a bell walks off into the manager's office shuts the door behind him like i he doesn't want me to hear what he's saying comes out takes a photocopy of it at the photocopier and walks up to me and says what would you like me to say to her if i see her and takes down my name and number he would remember that conversation, I'm pretty certain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like yeah. the lady at, on the bank when I rang the telebanking and said, look, my mum's travelling overseas by herself and she's like, sorry, I can't tell you anything due to privacy and then says, oh, my God, there's money coming out of her account in Byron Bay. She was freaking out on the phone telling me that. So you know, she will remember that conversation. That woman would remember that conversation 100%. It makes me wonder if the man in the bank thought to himself, oh, We've made a terrible mistake here in not following up this very strange behaviour. Let's all just be very quiet about it. Possibly. Or that he's gone, holy dooly, I know this transaction and that's not the lady that you're presenting in the photo to me. Yep. <laughs> Do you know yep. what I mean? That could have happened as well. And the problem is not knowing any of this, we all keep making assumptions. Yep. But we are making some progress. And um, just by way of a couple of updates, um, so leading detective on this case, Gary Sheen, is, is on leave. Um, he's coming back July 1st, isn't he, Sal? That's what you've been told? Yeah. Well, we actually originally were told that he was going on extended leave and there was no um, timeline for him when he was coming back. But I have since contacted police media myself yesterday and just asked who was now looking after the case in the event that I had some information that would be prove fruitful for them. Um, they have directed me to a detective, Sergeant Grant Erickson, um, who will be looking after the case, and they have advised me that Gary is just taking annual leave and he will be back on the 1st of July. But Grant Erickson's probably quite busy trying to um, search for this poor Belgian kid. Um, well, that's it, yeah. It's, um, well, I am happy to see that they're actually actively trying to find this kid too. Like, you know, oh. it sort of it, it broke my heart. And, and, I mean, it breaks my heart every time. And I've said to people, you know what, you lose somebody for an hour it is horrendous and that that poor man like i i can't even begin to imagine what it would be like to lose a child let alone you know your mum i mean my mum was a grown woman but you know to watch this boy walk out of a pub and you know be obviously a little bit intoxicated by the looks of his walking and things like that i i really stress for his safety and his I'm concerned for him, but um, you know what? I've shared it on my page. I've got over 5,000 people following and helping my page now, and they've all shared it as well. So fingers crossed we can um, – someone knows where he is or saw him one night so we can help find out where he is. Yeah, that, that, that his family gets some closure. And um, 
speaking of closure, we are also looking into the uh, coronial inquest. Sally, you got a letter back from um, the manager of coronial services, New South Wales, Don McLennan. Yeah, I did get that uh, late yesterday afternoon. Um, he, we've, we put the, as we said to you a couple of weeks ago, we'd put in the request to the coroner in New South Wales to look at doing an inquest into the suspected death of my mum. Um, I received an email back from them yesterday after we had been chasing them a little bit just to get an answer, and they've pretty much said that, um, you know, my mother has not been reported um, or my mum's case or suspected death has not been reported to the state coroner in New South Wales by New South Wales Police. Inquiries made to the coroner's office regarding your mother's disappearance have revealed that police have conducted significant investigations into her disappearance. However, despite these investigations, police have not referred her um, for disappearance to the coroner as a suspected death. Uh, it is usual manner in which such deaths and particularly suspected deaths are reported to the coroner. I am advised by New South Wales Homicide that they are preparing a review uh, of the evidence that has been obtained with a view to establish whether further inquiries can be made or whether other avenues of investigation need to be undertaken that have not already occurred. Um, I'm also advised that if the evidence is that your mother is deceased, the matter can be referred to the coroner following the review. I'm advised that the homicide review will be facilitated over the next few weeks. This review is conducted by police and the coroner does not have any involvement in the review process. The coroner only becomes involved if and when the matter is reported. So that's... I, I get so frustrated because it seems that every single... I, I go to the Minister of Police, they throw it back to New South Wales Police. And then I go to yeah. the, the Premier, they throw it back to New South Wales. And I go to the coroner, he throws it back to New South Wales. And New South Wales keeps saying, sorry, we're not doing anything. I even go to the AFP. Sorry, it's up to New South Wales. We'll keep- they're doing a review. Now, the, 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 the assumption for New South Wales Police is, and has been for years, is that Marion chose to disappear and that she's not and was not in any danger. Therefore, she's not missing. She's allowed to just go off and do whatever she wants. Why are they conducting a review? Well, they're conducting a review because they've never cited her. They've admitted to us on camera and on this podcast, they have never followed their own protocol and cited her and located her, and yet they're assuming she's located, that she's missing of her own volition. Why Nor have they that? spoken to her either. They've, they've no, said that too. Well, I mean, it, it, it is totally unacceptable. If it were my mum, I, I would be tearing my hair out. I, can't, I mean, I can't imagine what you're going through, Sally. I know what you're going through. And, and, you know, someone needs to step up and say, we need to take this case seriously. It's not like they're being swamped with cases like this. This is Well, absolutely. Case. And can I say also that this idea that the sort of activity of a mobile phone and a bank account is proof of lies has to be looked into. It, it, that cannot stand. We recently looked at the case of Carly Pierce Stevenson and her daughter Candelise, which is another yep. case in which... That was used as evidence that they were alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years, mm. right? And they were not. Yeah. They had been murdered by Daniel Holdham. And he wow. had her phone and he was using her bank account. Correct. Um, right? And so their family were looking for them all over Australia for years and years. <clears throat> so that it's not good enough. They need to be cited and we need proof that they have been cited. Well, normal protocol... We need that, yep. As, as has been said... All the way along. Normal protocol is for her to be cited or her remains found. That is the yep. usual process for concluding a missing persons investigation. This extraordinary circumstances protocol that they've used is, you know, frankly, not 
not right. I don't think um, it should have been used. And I think that, like, what we'll find is that it was used as a bit of a uh, a makeshift because I've been going on for so long and they're just like, oh, let's get rid of this. This is my personal opinion, though, I have. But, look, I am actually buoyed by the fact that they say, I am advised that the homicide review will be facilitated in the next few weeks. I'm going to keep on that because, as you know, yeah. Sal, time frames are huge for me. I kept going on. This can't go on indefinitely. We can't just wait until the police finally get back to us when they want. So I'm going to, next few weeks, I'm going to mark it in my calendar. I'm going to ring up and say, has it been completed? And if it hasn't been completed, I'm going to ring every day until it is yeah well i think this is what we've come to like the avenue that we've had to go down like that's that's the resort that we've come to really isn't it because we, we don't really like i even said when i wrote back to um police media yesterday about gary going on leave i was like you know what it actually upsets me that he's the detective on the case and then he goes away f- for a period of time and no one advises me of this mm. yet yes, when so, so, t- tell all our listeners sally what you're talking about well susan yeah. chenery right she was the lady who wrote the woman's weekly article she contacted police media when she wanted to see if they would interview for this for the story they declined but she said that they would had opened a new investigation into my mother's case Susan gets on the phone to me and says oh my gosh they just told me that they've opened up the case and they're doing a new investigation on it I ring Gary Sheen oh no that's not true I've just asked a new detective to run his eyes over the case to see if a fresh set of eyes can find anything that he might um, see that I didn't but he won't because I've done a really thorough job is what he told me so you know I'm upset because police media I feel tell everybody that I'm in the know and I know what's happening and I'm kept up to speed on the on the case they didn't even tell me that she wasn't on the missing persons list in 1997 Mm. I didn't find that out until well over 10 years 11 years then we go back to 2007 when I reported her to the AFP as a new investigation oh miraculously they put her on the missing persons list they again didn't tell me that they had done that so I had no idea that she wasn't even on the missing persons list then they put her on then Gary Sheehan does his investigation and they take her off in 2011 which they state in an AFP document that they alerted me on the 11th of December 2011 which they did not so this yeah. is my problem. Like, I'm constantly not even kept in the loop of what's happening on the case. So let alone... And now the lead detective has gone on leave. And again, were you told, Sal? No, I wasn't. I found out third-hand. Yeah. Is this Queensland Police Media that you're dealing with? No, New, New South, South, South Wales. South Wales. South Wales. See, now, now that, and that's, that's a big part of the problem, Michelle. So yeah. um, Marion, after you know, Sal, Sally realised money was going missing in Byron Bay, she went down there with a photo right. and walked around Byron Bay. We covered this early on in the podcast, yeah. um, you know, trying to see if anyone had, had noticed her mum. And then, you know, ultimately went and reported her missing. Where do you go? You go to the police station. So this New South Wales police have had carriage of this. And not only um, are they not checking up and, and, and following the leads we're giving them now, um, they're, they're, they're not releasing it to Queensland police to the coroner. I mean, wow. and so Sal- nothing's being done, and no one else is allowed to do anything either. Sally, has anyone actually called you? Like, has Gary or this new detective sergeant, Grant Erickson, have any of them actually called you to tell you what's going on? No, I have not had a call this year. I have run Gary numerous times, and he's happy to talk to me. Like, we we'll always have a good conversation. He'll give me as much time as I want um, to talk to him. That's not a problem. But I never actually get a call myself. 
So it's up to you. Yeah, and, and to his credit, Gary did front up and do an interview for the podcast yeah. on camera. And, and look, I, I, I'm a huge supporter of the police. This is not about bashing the police. It's simply about getting some activity, getting some some genuine investigative work done on Sally's case. And you know what, Brian? I don't think any of us have bashed the police. Like, I have sat there and praised Gary all the whole time. I've never said a bad word. But there are things that have not happened about my missing mother who's missing for 22 years. She's not a puppy. No. She's a woman. She's a a mum. She's a a grandmother. She's a daughter. She's, you know... Her grandkids want to know what happened to their grandma. And obviously you've been through freedom of information and all of that, so there's nothing... um, There's nothing that you... There's no no documentation that... Hasn't been been unredacted, Michelle. Okay. We got the file, and and what did the file look like, Alison? Yes, well, there was more blacked out or taken out yeah, than there okay. was actually in there. But the good news is we are, we have got a, a hearing in the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal on Monday. And look, yeah. I tell you, even with some of the submissions that have been made from police that we're not allowed to talk about on there, the um, we are getting more information. Not enough, obviously, and yeah. which is why we're going to hearing. Um, certainly, um, from our perspective, we want to know exactly, exactly what constituted their decision in the file where they actually yeah. say what constituted their decision to have her located. Yeah, there are, that has been redacted. Yeah. Actually, you can see in the that there's dot points there. Yeah. Um, and they state that they, these are the reasons why dot point and the whole thing's been redacted by Except one. Except for one, yeah. And it's just like, well, that's... That actually is in the public interest because, you know, obviously some of that is, pri- you know, they'll say privacy or police procedure or something like that. That doesn't come under any of those, um, I guess, clauses that would have them, you know, a valid reason for them to redact it. So, anyway, we're fighting yeah, for we that. Understand, we understand that, you know, it's not illegal for people to choose to leave their lives and, and take another life, you know. Correct. But also we understand that when circumstances are this suspicious uh, a daughter has a right to believe that her mother may have met foul play and that she needs to have that investigated like that's our right as well so we need to understand why they're not investigating and i'm glad you said that michelle because i actually said that um the other week and i said you know gary is firm on his belief that she has um, estranged herself from the family that's his belief Mm. and he's 100 percent fine to believe that if that's the case I, on the other hand, believe that she's met with foul play and something has happened to her. So that's my right as a human being, as a person who lives in this country, to have my opinion. And my opinion should be not discredited. It should be looked into. Like if I I thought she'd estranged herself and I thought she was happily, you know, they write in the police report, oh, you know, the family are, are okay with her, you know, estranging herself from the family. I mean, I've got documentation where you can see that they are scripting what they are writing in those documents. Oh, just be careful how you phrase that. That could come across, you know, not the right way. And then they go back and forth. This is all in the documents that we've got from Freedom of Information. And also, you know what, you know what, Sally, there's a name for states in which we're told to just believe the police when they tell us something is true. It's called a police state. Like, you know what, if if you're telling us there's a reason why you believe that, 
tell us the reason. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Michelle, the, the other word that stands out to me as a journalist, and I'm sure Alison feels the same way, is belief. It's not about what you believe. It's yeah. about what you can prove. Yeah. Marion, yeah. well, if, if, she, if she went missing of her own volition, that's even more extraordinary because someone who yeah. goes missing of their own choice doesn't go to London for a holiday Call her, send postcards to her family yeah. after changing her name by Depol, getting a new passport in that name, calling her daughter on August the 1st, flying back on August the 2nd, and then withdrawing money in the fashion that she did, using her Medicare card. She, she went somewhere where she could have been recognised. If she decided to go missing, why is she walking around? Why is she at Burley Heads? Because she could be spotted. Where where Chris and I lived and frequented like every day pretty much. So, And she taught on the Gold Coast. I believe that she absolutely did not choose to go missing and I'm basing that on the facts, the information, and and that's what we need more of. We need more investigation, we need more research, we need more checks done. There are things we can check today that we want the police to check that could rule in or out whether or not Marion came back to Australia. Now, now they need to be done immediately, and they're not being done. That's the thing. Byron Bay is so close to Burley Heads, so close to where she'd been living. I mean, she could have been seen so easily by people who knew her. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And you know what? I've said this a million times. If I was going to vanish and that was my... my I would have gone to the UK. There was no internet... Well, the internet yeah. was very, you know, you're doing the dial-up, bing, 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 bing thing on the computer. <laughs> there's no mobile yeah. phones. There's no Facebook. There's no trace. We don't have snap maps on checking yeah. out where you are. She could have just gone over there and said her goodbyes and never, never spoken to us ever again. We would never mm. have a clue where she is. She could have just disappeared into yeah, the... She didn't inter- do that. Yeah. No, she didn't. She kept in touch. And then she changed her name to this random name that anybody can follow. She did it by Depol, so we could trace that. And then, you know, I don't know. I just It's just frustrating. And that name, as, as, as we were talking about in the UK, Sal, it, it just hit us. That name is an extremely rare name. And this is prior to Google. Google was established in 1998. That name, there's like, there's like 100 on the planet. I mean, yeah, so how, the, how did she know Ramakel and living in Luxembourg? Well, I was going to say, exactly. don't even get me started on our mate Ramakel, you know, with the same name and stats as the guy who put the ad in the paper who says, what does mean? <laughs> what I will say, I, what I will say, Michelle, um, is we are um, in the absence of police helping us um, yeah. or doing any, you know, it is up to us, I guess, um, the community, the the world listeners to solve this mystery for them um, is. Le Courier Australien, um, Francois, editor Francois, and I won't attempt to say his last name again because it was completely <laughs> wrong last week. He is going to run an article for us appealing for F. Ramical or anyone who responded to his ad to contact us, which is great of right. him. So that would be really good. We already saw one person comment named Michelle um, who said that she wanted him to contact her because um, she met up with him. Look, I don't know if Michelle was just fishing because she's a sleuth like us trying to find out more about this ad and um, the F. Ramakel in this ad. Um, so, yes, we um, there is... Yeah, Michelle is the name of a user on a, a um, an online um, chat group uh, where she posts that, uh, can anyone, uh, does anyone know Fernand Ramakel? I met him in Australia it. several yeah. years ago. So we don't know who that is or what they're, um, why they're interested in this person. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just someone else asking about this person. Mm. Gosh, how good to the community, Sal. 
Yeah. Wow. Holy dooly. I've, I've made some really great friends. I actually called Christina the other night. We just had a big powwow on the phone to the UK mm. just to Aww. catch up because it's funny how you become so connected. The same with Joni. I called her the day before. We had a really big chat because a lot of the time it's just all on message and text and posts. And let me tell you, trying to keep up with the posts, like I... that's why I needed some time out last week. I had a twitch in my eye that wouldn't go away and the doctor's like, you are so stressed, you need to take some time out. So, you know, I just, um, it just gets, there's a lot to do, but um, I have definitely made some really lifelong friends out of this as well, which, you know, if you, you look at the glass half full kind of scenario, that's definitely the upside of, of this and you know to read people's comments and you know it's um sure there are some not very nice comments but you know they totally are outweighed by the good um yeah there's some speaking of which anyone the podcast platforms that you're listening on please rate and review us on those as well because there are some obviously there are obviously people who have their own agendas who don't want us to continue this investigation that are are slagging us off (laughs) trying to get us to stop i just find that amazing also don't forget the change.org petition which is terrific as well um we're only sitting at about five and a half thousand i looked last night okay we need ten thousand and we're our goal is to have ten thousand by monday when we go to when we go to ncat so that's that's the goal i've given given us to try and get there so there's heaps of people that are supporting it i i have gone on and had a look at the comments about people and it's just a repetitive you haven't cited her, you haven't spoken to her, how can she be missing? Like, it's just, it's a repetitive thing. So I'm hoping that we can present that to them and say, this is what the general public are thinking. We need to take that, their opinion into consideration. Yep, so everyone listening, go to search change.org, Marion Barter, and it's a petition to have Marion put back on the missing persons register. And share it with all your family. Like, even if five people in a family share it or or sign it, that's, the numbers are going to go through the roof. So fingers crossed... I love you all for doing it. Thank you for doing that. Unfortunately, I can only do it once, which is what I can do. But anyway, um, UK TV also is, is um, wanting to help us out. Um, this is great too. And Sal, so I put that in the list there. I was going to go over it with you today. So the Kent um, KMTV in Kent has appealed to us saying that they want to do an art, do a story on it. So I've, I've mentioned Christina to them as well. Um, and um, obviously, they're happy to do something with you, Sal and Brian, since you've been there on Skype. I just wanted to touch with you but that obviously will be really good as well in getting you know the message out there as in in the uk and um hopefully just extending the um the i guess the listener base you know and uh the more people we have the more chance we have of finding out what happened to marion so yeah that'll be good and i know that um christina took her family on a day trip down to rye a couple of weeks ago and Mm. was posting posters everywhere and then i've had another lady um contact me and i'm really sorry i can't remember i think it was sophie um contacted me and said um could she help christina she was happy to do (gasps) posters and things like that as well so you know, Christina's getting her own little tribe yeah. <laughs> happening in the UK yeah. to help her as well because she's got she's got a different agenda over there. Like her, I was just saying that to her on the phone the other night. You know, it's um, her agenda is different to what we're doing here. You know, with the police and all that sort of stuff she, over there. She's retracing mum's steps, and we're trying to find if out if someone knew her or remembers her or uh, remembers seeing her at a hotel or you know, um, her bumping into the shop like Sally's Crafts and things like that. So we're just, you know, and until such time as we can get some information that might help us identify what hotel mum stayed at, and I'm talking about things like bank reports, 
if we could get those and find out what car hire place she used to hire the car, where did she go, what were the kilometres on the car when the when she dropped the car back, so we can sort of work out how far she went and things and like this. And if she this, was alone, yeah. We can Clever. actually then go through and do a mud map on a wall, mm. literally, and scope her movements and see where she was, where she wasn't, if we could find out the flight details as well about where she actually flew to, where did her passport go to? Did it go into a different country while she was over there? Like all of that stuff would be so helpful just for us to plod a mud map of where she's been and what she was doing. So that's, to me, that's what I'm working with with Christina. And they're going micro level. And can I say that Chris- Christina is um, is brilliant and she's doing all of this off her own bat. And uh, I want to also um, shout out to Joni, yeah. who is an, a, a brilliant researcher. Yeah, amazing. Um, this, is, this is a listener who has supplied us with so much valuable information. She is a wizard. And uh, Joni, thank you so much. I, I'm deeply impressed by your skill set and your, your, your um, research skills. You're amazing. And that's what's unique about this podcast, Michelle, is that, you know, it's not a cold case. No one's yeah. been accused of a crime. We're trying to work out what happened and we're inviting listeners to help us work it out. It's, it's, I think it's unprecedented. It's an interactive it's mystery. A, an astonishing journey and, and the goodwill and the skills of our listeners. I, I just can't speak highly enough of everyone. Thank well, you. Joni was telling me that when she went through the phone books looking at the phone number in the ad, she hand scanned 6,500 entries. Mm. Yeah, I, I've been doing it on microfiche. Well, she's <laughs> done I, it, I, I yeah, wish I'd had the phone book like Joni. And she said it took her three <laughs> solid days to do it. So Yeah. Um, Amazing. Amazing. You know, I've just sent it. Hopefully she's got it. I bought her a little present. Yeah. Well, Ryan and I bought her a present in Luxembourg oh, and, and we I got sent it, yeah. it down um, to her last week. So fingers crossed that's arrived safe and sound. Yeah. Just to say thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, and it, and it is a big thank you to all our listeners. I don't, we can't, you know, this is, this is all of ours. This is our podcast our mystery our investigation this is not just you know just not being alone and sally not being alone in this journey is so important well that's it i mean i think everyone needs to remember that whatever you think about anything in the whole world we have to remember that at the heart of this story is sally and um you know how can we begrudge you anything sal yep that's exactly yep, right. it's a woman looking for her mum and, yeah. uh, and ask yourself what would you do if your mum went missing well, yeah, you know, S- S- Sally's doing what anyone would, and she's doing it. She's been doing alone. it for longer and doing it better than just about anyone. Um, and you've been so, doing it you know, alone with so little help and support for so and, long. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This has been amazing. Like ever, like probably October when Alice and I first met, it just really changed my life. So it's yeah. um, definitely. Um, become a lot busier. That's for sure. <laughs> and we will get results. I know. I know. The hard thing is, is when you're immersed in it, and you're like, "Oh gosh, I hope this is worth it." It will be. You know, it really will be. So. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, without without um, without uh, saying too much, because we, we can't right now today. Uh, we're chasing down some extraordinary leads, and and awesome. Michelle, um, you, you know, I think we're going to find out what happened. I do. I, I believe that. And oh, um, God, that's that based, again, on the information we've received and the leads we're chasing down. Well, so, I want to share tuned. with you all that um, today marks 8,031 days my mum's been missing. Oh, my um, God. And on this Sunday coming um, is actually the day that she left the country 22 years ago on her journey. Wow. So, you know, it, you, you kind of think about those things and I think – I think that's what I commented before about, you know, someone can be missing for an hour and it's devastating. And I was kind of thinking of Theo's dad because they'd posted 
on the ABC that he'd been missing for 17 days. And then I thought, I wonder how many days my mum's been missing. And I actually just put it into a into a thing on the computer and came up with um, today would be 8,031 days. So now we have, time. we have to go in a minute, Sal. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we do? Well, before I go, i just like to say happy birthday to my baby boy today. So KK <laughs> is 12 today. And happy I told birthday, him Caleb. He's become oh, very vested in, um, okay. in the podcast and he's constantly in the car going to school. Can we listen to the podcast this morning? Aww. Can we listen to the I, conversations? I just want to say my five-year-old the other day said... Mummy, is Marion still missing? And I said, yes, oh. yes, sweetheart, oh. he is. And he says, but you're going to keep looking and looking and looking? <laughs> and I said, and looking and looking, absolutely, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, we, we've all got things in common. And Sal, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, and, and I, I grew up without my family, my natural family. Um, you, you've been missing your mum for a long time, but you've, uh, in, in the meantime, you've had three wonderful children. You're a great mum, and you've got a beautiful family. And uh, wherever she is, if she's listening, I know she'd be very proud of you. Yeah, well, Ella's come along this morning again. She goes, I'm going to come and support you today, Mum. So she's sitting on the floor again <laughs> this yeah, week. Yeah, poor thing. There's only two um, chairs in here. <laughs> so she's, I made her wake up early so she could come, but um, she wanted to do that for me. So I, I love that, and I love my kids. They're, they're great. Um, so there's a few things I just quickly, quickly touch on. So I wanted to let you know that I spent um, a lot of time this week going through documents. Some of you might have seen my post with me sitting there with all the documents. There were 750 different documents I read through over the last four days. So it's been very, very busy. But I did also do some extra work. I rang the solicitors in Wollongong because I actually have mum's last uh, will, which she gave me in 1991. How I actually still have that, I don't don't know because I was only 19 at the time. So pretty big deal for a 19-year-old to hold on to something like that, I think. But for some reason, I still have it, um, thanks, thankfully. I've rung them. The lady was really beautiful from that solicitor. She went and got out mum's file and she said that um, sometime, well, most of the time people actually ring when they cancel a will and they create a new will or their solicitor contacts the current will and tells them that that will is no longer valid. And she said that there's nothing recorded on her file um, regarding it being cancelled. So then I started calling um, all the solicitors <laughs> out of the, you know, out of Google on my phone book on the Gold Coast. Um, you can probably imagine that took a very long time and I've, I've only sort of managed to get through not even a, a whisker of that. But just trying to ask them if they have any record of my mum creating a will or selling her house with them. Um, someone did mention that there is a paper that they do with that society down there through solicitors. So I'm actually going to put an ad in that paper and ask if anybody can run a check if they actually have any details about Marion Barter on their system. Um, it would just be good to know. I, I mean, I don't even... Having the will means nothing really, but just so I know where it is and what the current one is because the one that I have is obviously from when we were living at Kiama down the south coast. So that's one thing I have been busy doing. Um, I wanted to say thanks to Penny. She's another um, Facebooker and we've been on the phone a fair bit as well. She's actually taken me up on the idea of calling all the travel agents on the Gold Coast to see if anybody has any records of or remembers uh, my mum, particularly things like the Orient Express. Um, so far, we've hit some walls again, no surprise, but she has got um, some people who are getting back to her about the Orient Express, the booking agency for them. Um, and I know I have done that myself. I've actually spoken to them and they've said they don't have records going back that far. And I know Christina's husband was looking into that as well, but it doesn't hurt to look for a, for a different avenue as well you never know someone might have a different record of that here in Australia so we're still waiting to hear back on that 
Um, I did look up the real estate information as well because I sort of had an idea that maybe the real estate agent, mum might have spoken to them about why she was selling her house and what her plans were. Because, you know, sometimes you, when you're selling your house, people are asking that question like, oh, so where are you going? What are you planning to do? Even if it was about what she was intending on doing when she came back, like she told me she was going to buy the unit at Main Beach. Um, was that the same information that they were told? But anyway, unfortunately, all the, all the records um, that anybody could find only go back to 2004 um, and mum sold the house in 2000, uh, sorry, 1997. Completely different century. Um, so, yeah, so obviously um, that has um, hit a wall as well. And lastly, a few people have been asking me about has mum, did mum leave a forwarding address when she left, when she resigned from school? And yes, she did. On her resignation letter, she has clearly indicated that Leslie Loveday, her girlfriend oh. that she was staying with for the last three weeks before she went to the UK, um, was her address, was her forwarding address for any mail. Um and obviously we know that Leslie, like we've been told by police, that she doesn't want to talk to us. So um, I, I, I'm in a bit of a sticky situation there. I don't know what to do um, with Leslie. And I, I hope that someone who knows Leslie, who lives on the Gold Coast in Labrador, um, knows her, Leslie Loveday, and maybe they can just gently talk to her and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm just really keen to talk to her. There's no... You're just Sally, <laughs> off the record, just for Sally. Not, it doesn't no even cameras, have to be on the podcast. No, yeah. It would just be interesting. And because obviously other people, I won't mention their names, have made comments about her and said that she's said this and that and the other, I just would really like to get confirmation and word from her as opposed to other people who um, have proven yeah. themselves not to be so um, truthful in their, their word choices. But anyway, someone did also say that Australia Post have redirection facilities for the last 20 years. Um, and perhaps I should look into that to see if mum had a redirection in place through Australia Post. So I will look at that as well. But pretty much that's it for me. That's, that's where we're at. Yeah. So as you can see, Michelle, it's so intense. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we're getting there. Um, next week, we're obviously going to go over the NCAT hearing, um, what went on and where we're at and the success we've had. We also got some documents back from the AFP that um, that weren't as redacted as the last lot. So we'll just have a look at that. I haven't had a look through either. I've pages. had a look. It's pretty much exactly the same. Ah, okay. <laughs> that came through last night. And I, I should be hearing back today um, from one of my um, contacts and hopefully we'll have some really strong information next week. So thank you again to Michelle Laurie. I appreciate your input and, you know, just someone of your calibre looking, uh, looking at our case as well and um, being involved. So thank you so much. Ah. I think we've lost her. I think we lost Michelle. Oh, we've lost Michelle. Oh, well, thank you, Michelle. Well, anyway, you know, I wonder why I didn't hear from you beforehand. But that's all good. <laughs> that's um, but anyway, um, we appreciate everything. Um, so we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye.